0: Welcome to Outlander with Friends podcast, where we talk about our favorite Outlander episodes, favorite whiskeys, and all the other bits that nobody wants to talk about.
1: This podcast is not for the faint of heart, so if you've read about it or watched it, we're going to talk about it.
2: Clutch your pearls and pour a dram. It's time for Outlander with Friends. Well, shall we jump into...
0: I was going to follow up with what I was drinking tonight and I was going to drink uncle nearest, but I was like, Nope, I've done them all on the show. So I chose wheat penny. And I remember telling you guys about this a couple months ago, but I didn't get an opportunity to drink it because I had to fly to Tampa. So I'm going to try it tonight and we're going to see what happens. I picked it because of the episode that we are on. This is a far stretch, right? (laughs) Far stretch. Wheat penny is actually the mint that was on the original penny the little wheat stalks. Oh, okay. It's on like one of the original Mm -hmm. pennies. So that's where they get that from. I think it's called Wheat Penny 1958. And that's the first year that this type of penny was minted. And that's where it comes from. But because we are on season four, first of all, give it up for season four. We're like flying through these episodes.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Episode
0: two is where we get to meet Aunt Jojo on her plantation. And I was like, well, you know, if I were a different person, I'd probably harvest wheat not tobacco i mean like i don't know if you've been down here in the south when it's like summer and all down i-95 you'll see like wheat and corn it's a very distinct smell to it Mm -hmm. when it's first turning green it smells good but once it starts to cure it stinks and i hate it (laughs) so i think i would be a wheat person but yeah that's why i chose this one so cheers
1: fantastic Uh, yay love it what are you guys having meg what about you I have my other barrel bottle. So this is barrel vantage. Um, It's finished in two different types of wood. Oak, to be exact. It's super yummy. It's very, very, very oaky, obviously. We're proof. 114 proof. 114 proof? Damn. All right. Girls. Yeah. So the reason why I chose it is... Again, because of the plantation. And I know you said the wheat. Well, you remember Jamie was like, no, don't do the wheat. (laughs) The river. And mine is because of the wood finish and the pines. Mm -hmm. Pine resin from, you know, the turpentine and how they were a, what do you call it? That type of farm, the tree farm.
0: I have no idea. I don't know. Because I am not an agriculturalist. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what it could be.
1: Jojo says it. I don't remember the name though, what you call it forestry or whatever, but how they get pines off of her. Oh, yeah.
0: Let me be honest. I didn't pay attention to any of that because I'm not a farmer. And so none of that stuff interested (laughs) me. (laughs) All the stuff that she was talking about with him, I was like, (laughs) even in the books, I skipped over it. I'm like, I don't care about that shit. But before you go, Terry, I just want to say this is some damn good whiskey. It is really, really good. Yes. It's 94 proof, but it's sweet. By the way, I hate cherries, but this has a black cherry and toasted oak wood finish. And my god, it is very, very good. And it's like thirty dollars. I think it, I paid like thirty bucks for this.
1: Okay, I was going to ask
2: the price point. That's great.
0: Oh my god, it is really good.
2: That sounds fantastic. Yummy. What are you drinking? I have completely lost my mind because I've oh, been shit. immersed in last week's episode for so long that I had a brain <laughs> fart, and I'm drinking the Glenlivet Caribbean Reserve.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You couldn't get off of Jamaica? I could not
2: get off of Jamaica. I am like Marsali. I am still sitting on the island of Jamaica with my Caribbean cask finished. Glenlivet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's time to yank myself into season four. I did watch the episode today. I just completely brain farted and went back to Jamaica because I think I need a (laughs) vacation.
0: That's fair. I would like to start this episode, Uh, if you don't mind. Please. Um, I'll tell you why I picked it. Obviously, this is like one of those deep episodes, right? There's not a lot of levity there, but I'll find some because it is who I am. But people usually like speed through these chapters. Remember in Boozy Book Club, they try to avoid it altogether. And it's just not one of those things that I feel like people should do. If you're willing to listen, read or watch thousands of people get blown up and chopped up on Culloden Field, you can listen to a shitty story about how people treated slaves. So that's why I picked this one, because people usually just try to like skim over it. And I know this is going to get into the realms of like social issues and all that kind of stuff. So I'll try to like not stay there for very long. But I think that there's always like two sides of the same coin. So like you you hate it and you love it, but it's still our history. Mm-hmm. It happened and it mm-hmm. made us the country that we are today. And despite all the things that we see going on, I mean, the three of us are here like talking about our favorite show. Yeah. So like something good came out of it. There are people, like I said, in when we talked about um, Culloden and we talked about Gettysburg and we can't avoid how we're animals and we do heathen shit and it sucks and it happens. I'm not saying forgive and forget and get over it, but I think that we shouldn't marinate it in, in it so much that we can't move on and appreciate where you're at right now
2: there's human nature and, there's and i'm not saying it's like human intellect that moves you forward so you have to acknowledge both right
0: you live and you learn exactly you live and you learn and i know that people like to politicize and and make these subjects very polarizing but i'll tell you what it only becomes uncomfortable when you make it uncomfortable like i love history i enjoy all of it all the good the bad the ugly i love it all so it doesn't make me feel any type of way until somebody makes me feel a certain way about it. So that's the reason why I picked this episode. I have watched it with people. I've watched it. I've asked people about it and yeah, people are just very timid around the subject of slavery. And I get it because like for the last, you know, few years, it's just been one of those things that we've been like, you know, it's in our face, in our face, in our mm-hmm. face. But I mean, if you take away some of the nasty layers It's a lesson to be learned. So that's my soapbox. I'm jumping off of it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I want to add something to that, though. When you say it's a lesson to be learned, I think like racially, too, it's a lesson to be learned, too. Right different for different reasons. And it should bring us together, not separate us. Like
0: I feel, I I don't want to jump back on, but I'm gonna have to do it right quick.
1: (laughs) I know, but I just, To,
0: to your point, the fact is, is using the example of the things that created this country for us as individuals that are living in this moment right now, I feel like it would bring me closer to people that are different than I am simply because I'm like, man, we made it through we made it through. It's like being in a airplane that almost went down and the person next to you that you would never speak to, that you didn't speak through to through the whole entire flight, you reach over there and you hug them and you're just thankful that you and them exist in the same moment at the same time. And that's how I feel about all the things that are happening. Like I get to exist. This is an incredible time to be alive. We, we got the good part of history. And I know 20 years, we're probably going to look back and like, man, it was pretty shitty. But I think of all the things, think about it, like coming in from religious persecution and then trying to find your way in this new land and trying not to be shitty human beings. But it happens with all those things happening and all those things being said. We get to sit here and like love on each other and be friends and find commonalities that we enjoy. I think we have more things about each other that we love than we have about each other that we hate, you know? Absolutely. I hope it's better in 20
2: years. I hope that it doesn't take another 100 years, like what Claire was saying in the episode. Well, that was back in... Actually, that was in Jamaica, where she said it was going to be 100 years and before you're sleep. You're still in Jamaica. No, right I'm right. still yeah. stuck in Jamaica. You're stuck. Man. <laughs> it's not working. Okay. Well, I guess the Caribbean finished whiskey is not helping bring me into North Carolina, but... Yeah. <laughs> so north carolina Um, so river run let's talk about river run
0: (laughs) yeah so i will tell you jamie and claire god help them, man there were so many dimensions that claire had to work through in this episode right first of all let me just say they can't fucking catch a break yes they get robbed they get their asses handed to them every time we turn around They got their asses handed to them in Jamaica. They got their asses handed to them in Scotland because, you know, Larry tried to shoot Mm -hmm. their ass. The freaking print shop burned down. No. (laughs) And then the one guy that they're like, you know what? We're good people on behalf of our friend. We're going to help you out.
1: We're going to sacrifice him. Yeah. Or not sacrifice him. Yeah. And then
0: this mofo comes back and robs him. And I'm like, are you freaking serious? Why? Can you imagine how these are characters that people are writing about, right? But if they were like real people and like Diana was their god, their author, that's just think to yourself like, what the (laughs) fuck did I do wrong? (laughs) Not knowing this whole entire time, Diana is just writing a story for us, right? (laughs) Poor real Claire and Jamie.
2: What if they're the little universe that's inside the locker, like in Men in Black, and they find out that when you open it, they're the galaxy that's on the uh, cat's collar?
0: Yeah, and you're just like, damn, what the fuck did I do to these people? (laughs) (laughs) My goodness, I can't catch a break.
2: No, you're super right. I was thinking about that all through the episode Claire really had some massive internal struggles going on. And part of me was like, you really want her to continue to be the better person, take the higher road. But the other part of me was like, sometimes you have to acknowledge that two people can't change an entire culture all by themselves. Institution. It, it was really on display in this episode. Yeah her trying to help Rufus and trying to heal him. And in the end, in order for the plantation not to be burned to the ground, she had to sacrifice him or, yeah, she had to kill him, basically. Kill him again. Because he was going to, yeah.
0: So they went through a pretty shitty ordeal getting off that boat. And then Jocasta's like, welcome to my home. Mm -hmm. And immediately Claire sees all these slaves, right? Her whole entire demeanor just changes, right? Yeah. And Jamie acknowledges Ooh. it at some point when they get up to their room. But my thing is like, okay, Claire, I know why you're upset right now because you left your daughter with a Black man that you told her that was basically her uncle. And so like in her mind, she cannot reconcile what she's seeing and where she came from. But honey, you knew this when you went back through those stones. And I only say that because she kind of gave Joe that an attitude Ooh. from yes. jump. But like- jocasta has no very frosty yeah and i'm like bitch you ain't got a dime to your name y'all have you nowhere don't have a to leg go. to stand on yeah you knew when you came here you're burning your bridges you knew when yeah. you came here you were going to see this so why all of a sudden now that it's in your face shit you bought a slave in uh in jamaica you know what i mean like you knew this was going to be mm-hmm. something that you were going to be faced with did you think that you were just going to stay in scotland and forget that the American revolution is going to happen. And then there's going to be like a massive slave trade for like 150 something years. I felt like it was kind of unfair of her to be nasty to Joe Casta like that.
2: Yeah. And she and Jamie decided together no. to stay in the new world. They were planning to get a ship and take Ian and go right back to Scotland. Cause that was the whole plan from last season. Like we're going to go find Ian. We're going to bring him home to Jenny and old Ian. And it was not a unilateral decision by Jamie to stay in North Carolina and try to make their way. Like, girl, you have to. She needs to stop playing God. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: You think that she would have realized it at Culloden and then going back yep, to the stones, like, right. hey, this doesn't work. This whole persona that I'm trying to make of myself that I can fix things because I know yeah. the future. Uh, you've already done this and it didn't work. Why All are you the trying to get? even
2: from Jamie's room in the brothel when she has the scuffle with the guy that winds up getting his head cracked open and she tries to save him and it doesn't work. That leads to eventually- like people are met. Yeah. You can't save everybody. And sometimes- So do I the think math there was in your head, in like book- Before you go cross over the right. line of, oh shit, now I've created consequences that I wouldn't have if I had stopped five minutes ago. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that it was either in the book or maybe in the show, I can't remember, but she talked about maybe in season 1 or book 1 about how they were changing history and like they were feeling like all these efforts were for nothing and I think Jamie may have said like think about all the countless lives that you saved yeah. by just telling people to brush their teeth or whatever right. the case is. There are some people their legacy was not meant to last. And I think every time she tried to change that about somebody, bad things happened to them. What was that guy's, like Rufus would be mm-hmm, the-
2: The one in this episode.
0: Regardless if she saved his life or he had died on the pick, he wasn't meant to continue on. Before we get into that though, I just want to go back to Aunt oh, JoJo, yes, Right? First of all, Maria, what's her name? Maria Doyle Kennedy? Yes. Is that her name? I don't want to mess it up. Yeah. First of all, did you know this woman can sing? Have you heard her CD?
2: Oh, yes, I have heard her sing.
0: Oh, my goodness, no. please. That is an experience. If you haven't. So I have to look up my favorite song. But anyways, that woman can sing. But I will tell you, I couldn't picture another person playing Jocasta. She is the perfect person for that that role. But what I want to ask you all, and and I want you all to tell me what you really feel What's up with her and Ulysses? And I know that we have already discussed there's no such thing as spoilers. <laughs> there's no way. she. This Not woman is show. lethal but classy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think the
2: show has just completely ignored, swept that relationship under the rug. I don't think they're ever going to acknowledge that relationship Girl. that went on in the books. Meg, you don't know what we're talking about, do you?
0: I'm going to tell you this.
1: No, but I can tell you that I got the feeling that there probably was some more to it than what they had
0: shown. I'm going to bring you up to speed real quick.
2: Here's the cliff notes.
0: Yeah, Ulysses (laughs) is a freed man. He is not a slave. He just chose to stay with Jojo. And I'm going to tell you right now. If I was in Ulysses' shoes and I was a free slave, bitch, I'm calling an Uber. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> by Phaedra. <laughs> by JoJo. Get my shit. I'm out. There's nothing that you could tell me that would make me want to stay as a slave because there's nobody else that <laughs> knows this, right? He's still right. doing all the slave shit. You know what I mean? No. Right. Get my Uber ASAP. Matter of fact, I'll throw in a bag of cotton if you can get me to Jamaica by sundown. I'm not staying here. There ain't no fucking way. Unless they're sleeping together. It makes no sense. Absolutely makes no sense. And that's why I was like, when I first saw this, I'm like, oh, they sleeping together. Ain't no way. I've already read the books. And then I've already read what happens in what book eight or book nine. I don't, I forget what we're on. When he comes back and I'm like, "Mm, something ain't right about this. They've been sleeping together. I'm 199% sure.
1: Is it confirmed though in the
2: books? It is. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Okay. But like in this episode, when I found out that he was not even a slave, oh y'all fucking. There ain't no way you can tell me any different. But I am not <laughs> sticking around for this shit. <laughs> there is no way. That's why I'm like, oh, that's a very, very intimate relationship because there's nothing in me as a black woman. And I've had this conversation with my friends, like, if you could go through the stones and go back two hundred years in time, where would you end up? At my house. I'm not going anywhere because I'm going to tell you right now there's nothing in the past that's for me right now. Unless y'all want me to come back somewhere else. I don't even yep. want to be in Ghana 200 years ago. The tribal wars were out of control. Hell no, I'm I'll take all the drama from the 21st century. I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> Absolutely not.
2: Yeah. I'm curious if that is a extrasensory level of perception or it's absolutely possible that I'm just oblivious because when I discovered Outlander, I didn't read the books first, and I was floored when I read the books and found out that Ulysses and Jocasta were sleeping together.
0: Girl, blew my mind.
2: The top of my head blew off because I did not pick Mm-mm. up on that at all. I don't remember the show
1: ever saying that he was a freed
2: slave. If they did, it doesn't come up until- until later. He kills her lawyer.
0: Like at the barbecue or something, right? Ah, okay.
2: Yeah. So I don't remember that. So then he escapes and he goes to Jamie and Claire and he's hiding out in their little hut in season five. I do remember
0: that. And they were talking about freeing him and he's like, I'm already free.
2: Yes. Okay. And it just... He was freed by Jocasta's third husband, I think, right? Yeah. Or did she free him right (laughs) after
0: the (laughs) husband died? I think so, yeah. Because he was with... Girl, that's so messy. I love it. I wish they would do a whole like Jocasta and Ulysses <laughs> little spin-off, you know? I'm just
1: going to say that Jocasta is a southern woman to the oh, yeah. bone,
0: to the bone. I was waiting for her to say I- bless your heart. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> bless you and blast you in the same fucking minute. Don't play with that yes.
1: woman. Yes. <laughs> I said she she takes a stab at Claire behind her back the first time that Claire walks away and Jamie's with Jojo by themselves. Like that is the Southern way. Mm-hmm. And then she's just so passive aggressive because Claire's so, like you said, frosty
0: about all of Co- the- Confrontational. Yeah.
2: Yes, dude. It's kind of amazing to watch the interaction between Jocasta and Phaedra when they're dressing Claire for the big dinner or the big party where they're getting introduced to the society. I mean, they're just basically gossiping like girlfriends. And Claire's kind of like, does that's I her stepdaughter understand this. <laughs> Well, yeah, cared in <laughs> well, there aren't gonna be a whole lot of stepmother not yeah stepmothers there aren't gonna be a whole lot of them in that particular situation who are gonna be quite as jovial
0: as Thomas Jefferson's wife.
2: Ah <laughs> uh, yeah, that's about it. That,
0: oh shit she took care oh. of, she took care of a couple of them. But uh mm-hmm. speaking of you know her being a, a southern woman when they were in there gossiping, I like how she dogged out Claire. This is what made me think that she was pulling the Stevie Wonder because to this day I think Stevie Wonder can see. But <laughs> I mean, because he does shit like Google it. I'm telling oh, you, I know. Stevie oh, Wonder you yes. doing
2: shit. I'm laughing my ass off because I have read it. I've read
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> and i think joe has to be doing that shit because she's like i hope she ain't pasty white with dark hair bitch you <gasps> knew that's what she looked like
1: <laughs> dark haired and sallow yes oh, she Quaker. literally
0: described claire was like i hope you don't look like that oh you knew she looked like that that's why you said that shit you ain't fooling nobody jojo she's washed out i've purposely paid hey,
1: the dress that i put her in she looks horrible doesn't she <laughs>
2: Jocasta learned how to throw shade way back in Castle Leoc, but she fits right in in uh, (laughs) Southern United States of America. Yeah, she does.
1: Everyone, come move down here.
0: (laughs) Let's go. You learn a whole new language. I'm telling you. I didn't Mm -hmm. even know that like, bless your heart was not a pleasant thing to say to people. I'm like, these people really want me to be great. Yes. (laughs) Or I'm going to pray for you. I'm like, well, damn, thank you. I didn't realize that that was like, you got issues, bitch. (laughs) Whenever I hear somebody say they're
2: going to pray for me in that tone of voice, I'm like, well, thank God, because I could use it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just, I'm going to pray for you. I'm like, well, thank you. It's like, yeah, because you need the help, you hot mess.
2: (laughs) Hot mess expressed.
0: So... mm, mm, mm.
2: When they're walking up the stairs and Jamie and Claire are walking up the stairs and they've just met Jocasta and Jamie is telling Claire how she looks and sounds so much like his mother and he wishes that Claire could have met Ellen. But in the absence of that, he's really glad that she was able to meet Jocasta. All I could think was, oh, they could use Maria Doyle Kennedy in whoever they're trying to cast to play Ellen in the <gasps> prequel.
0: Just like just they did the, with uh, the same Barry. That w- yes, that would be so amazing. How do you think that worked out, though? Because like, oh, the Graham stunt playing... cast? No, I don't
2: like the stunt casting at all. No. Have you seen the guy who's going to play ahead. Buck in season seven?
0: Yes, completely different.
2: <laughs> he looks great.
0: Yeah. And that's why I was like, damn, why the Not
2: fuck? Completely different. I just think he's going to do a great job. I, think he I fits know what my the... man
0: looks like. <laughs> Graham played Buck I know what Buck is supposed to look like <laughs> and he don't look like that man
2: that is not what Buck is supposed to look like
0: <laughs> I'm telling you
2: I mean he uh-uh. is but he's not supposed to she look shy. like stunt cast Graham McTavish playing Buck in season 5
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know I mean I love that man but god damn y'all could have done different also did you know I didn't know that a polecat was a skunk. Did y'all know that?
2: Yeah, I've heard that before. Oh,
0: shit. I actually didn't even know what a polecat was until I watched this show. I haven't heard that word in so long. Learning new shit every day.
2: So, where are we at?
0: What other notes you got? Well, I want to talk about Lieutenant. What's his face? Wolf? Wolf. Wolf. I think Eh. I I like the book version of him better than the show version. Because in my mind, I guess I just pictured him differently. And then when I see him, I'm like, you're gross. (laughs) (laughs) 100 percent so he thought he was going to marry jocasta it seemed like he wouldn't have come to the conclusion that he was supposed to be like her man unless jocasta had been flirting with him or something true Mm -hmm. he seemed very offended that she named jamie as her heir like bitch i've been working on this for like six years and then you come (laughs) out of nowhere and all of a sudden we don't even know if you're really related to her
1: hey, how about this? She's a Southern lady. And so she's learned how to work her way through the aristocracy of the South in the 18th century. So she probably was just like super polite. And what we did see of her around him, just super polite, very agreeable and willing to work with him. So I think he took the business partnership they had between them. He saw what he wanted to see in her instead of her just being like a good business partner.
0: I can agree with that because her husband died and she was using Ulysses right to kind of like massage some Mm -hmm, of that mm -hmm. like I need a man around and that's why I said I'm going back to that whole like you get the perks of being her man but you're still a slave which I don't understand why you would do that but I think that she you were saying like oh she was just being a good business partner I think she kind of played him a little bit because she needed to because she was a woman by herself. Oh yeah. And I think that's probably why he got the impression that maybe I can slide in here. That's kind of
1: like being a Southern woman back in the 18th century is kind of what I meant.
2: I think it's also him hearing what he wanted to hear or just completely ignoring the fact that she yeah. was dismisser. She was having a little bit of input, but he just, I see nothing. I hear nothing when he didn't agree with whatever it was, because when His he suggested she plant wheat and Jamie piped up like, uh, hi, I was raised as a farmer and that's not a good idea. And then he got, you know, Lieutenant Wolf got all huffy and all that and he left. And and Jocasta was like telling Jamie after Wolf walked away. I don't remember if she actually said anything directly to Jamie, but I think it was kind of like, oh, it's nice to have somebody around who thinks the same way that I do and knows what I know. But you have balls and you can say it so that other people with balls Mm -hmm. will listen to it.
0: That brings me to a question that I have. So he's like a gentleman farmer. Right, I guess we could say that because Joe Casta talks about how Claire is denying him his right to be a laird or a lord of mm-hmm. his own land. Sure, he grew up as a farmer. Like, how does that equate to like your lordship? Beyond me, I get it because you're a landowner, and he went to school. Is that why? Is because he's like educated, so that makes him a gentleman? Is that how that works? Because he grew up slinging hay.
2: Well, until he was eight years old, he wasn't going to inherit Lallybroch. But yes, I think it has. All right, a lot let's talk about do. his brother that
0: died. Then, like, how does that work? I think it has
2: everything to do with being the landowner. If you have tenants who are farming your land. I mean, Jamie was actually in a prime position to be a plantation owner. If he had stayed in Scotland and taken over Lallybrock, they would have been paying rent to him in order to farm the lands, but he would still have sort of the same overview or he would need to take care of a lot of the same logistics.
0: Right. I think the only difference is is that the people that work on Jamie's family's farm They get to keep some of the stuff that they harvest, whereas as slaves, you just live off of what is given to you. Yeah. I was just curious because I'm like, he's a gentleman farmer. Like, dude, you're a farmer. Well, let's not be pretentious here. But I know that there's something that makes him, besides his parents or his family being land over owners and his uncles being like the overall guy, I mean, he's pretty far down the pecking order. So I was just like, why did she feel like she needed to say that to Claire? Like, oh, you're denying him. Like, that dude grew up as a farmer. He even right. said that if it wasn't for the fact that he had Claire and Ian, he'd still be <laughs> robbing folks and smuggling, you know, wine and shit. Like- <laughs> He's about that's that true. life. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's true. He didn't say anything yeah. about like, I'm going to go back to Scotland and be an upstanding citizen. No, that dude was like, I'm a smuggle. <laughs> I'm going to do some illegal shit. <laughs> yeah, Jamie is a thug, man. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm telling you. Jamie well, got his shit together when he came to the States. And that's only because he's <laughs> like, man, Claring will let me sit here peddle drugs and shit and wine out of the house.
2: (laughs) Russell cattle from the neighbors.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like you can't do that anymore, man. You got to act like an adult, (laughs) but I want to go to the, the night where all this stuff happens to Rufus. Right. So we're getting past all the gruesome stuff. Cause I'm not a big fan of gratuitous violence and unnecessary gore, but when they come to the house at like midnight, these are Jocasta's neighbors. Yeah. She has a very delicate relationship and it kind of goes back to her using Lieutenant Mm -hmm. Wolf as her spokesman. You can tell that Ulysses has no dog in this fight, even though he tells her a lot in her ear, like, this is what's going on. This is because those fuckers Mm -hmm. threw like bricks through her window. They threatened to burn her house down. I'm like, y'all were fucking neighbors. Y'all ate dinner at her house literally 12 hours ago. Why are you sitting here trying to burn her house down? I didn't understand that. That was such a complete departure from them all milling around and congratulating her because her nephew's gonna take over the plantation. And yeah, then they're like, burn That's- her house. I'm like, the fuck.
2: That shit was wild. I feel like there's. An opportunity to delve really deep into some psychology of mob justice there, but uh, we don't have time for that, and that's a different podcast. But it was very interesting, and alongside that, the writers had to throw in the TV trope Mm -hmm. of, all right, the clock has struck midnight, but Claire and Jamie are not ready I mean, Rufus died a couple minutes ago, but let's not carry him down till a minute or two after the midnight clock is done striking when a few more windows have been broken and the torches are getting a little bit closer to the house. For fuck's sake.
0: Girl, they didn't throw a rope over the tree, all kinds of shit. Can't you tell
2: time? Like,
0: Like, why did you even have to do that?
2: I know it's terrible what they had to go through, but you were going to go through it. The minute that you decided to pour whatever that was into the tea that you had Rufus drink, like, start to carry the man downstairs. Save some of the glass. Save some of the finery of the house, for fuck's sake.
1: (laughs) What if Phaedra wound the clock wrong? Like, we don't know.
2: (laughs) I watched that (laughs) during the title sequence. I was like, oh, how is the clock going to be... I actually thought about that when
1: you had said in this
0: episode. <laughs> my first note. Yeah. Right when you said that, I thought about the clock.
1: My first note literally says, I want that grandfather clock in the opening credits. And then it just kept on showing it. <laughs> yes, that was my first note.
0: Can I just say this? What? What? Don't judge me. This is weird. And I'm going to say it out loud. You said, Oh my God, I want that grandfather clock. This is the train of thought that I had. I said, I wonder if the set designers are interior decorators and if I could hire them to like decorate my house in like the 18th century, but leave all the modern shit. Because if you look at the wallpaper, (laughs) it looks so amazing so a lot of my uh-huh. friends that live in like England have that look about their homes. They have the beautiful printed wallpaper and like all of these beautiful wood trim. And I'm like, they have very classic features to a mod- with a modern twist. Then would it be weird if I got my house decorated in like some 18th century shit? <laughs> yeah, I said it. I said it out loud.
2: <laughs> I love it. You could always send a note to John Gary Steele. I mean.
0: I'm literally doing it right now. Say less.
2: I follow Barry the Waldo and John S- and Gary Steele on uh, Instagram. You never know. You could ask them. <laughs>
1: I do have a grandfather clock in my house, though. We'll say that.
2: Oh, do you? I do.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah, so we get to the end where they decide they're going to burn her house to the ground. And it just bothered me because I get it. It's a book. It's a story. But let's just act like they're real people for once. What the fuck, man? Like, Claire does some of the most outlandish shit. Because you know how Jamie was like, you know, Ian, you're just one of those people that things happen to. No, Claire is. Claire, she is like one of those people that you yeah. throw a rock into the lake and you see the ripple effect. Stop throwing rocks into the lake. Why can't you just mm-hmm. let it be peaceful? Like you knew yes. that taking this, this kid down and trying to save his life, you saw how mad they were when mm-hmm. you got there. So you got Jamie in the middle of this shit, which I know Jamie probably would have done something. But I think if Claire just stayed her ass at the house and let them bring the overseer to her to fix his ear, she didn't have to run out to the fields. You could have just stayed there and waited for them to finish their business, bring him out there. Okay. Jamie may or may not have said, take the kid down, don't hang him on a, a fucking hook. But he was too new to know the, all the ins and outs of all the rules right. anyway. I'm sure he would have right. said, take him down. Or he would have been like, okay, maybe this is like their form of justice. This is pretty fucked up. But okay, I got it. And then Claire would have been none the wiser. If, or if she had found out, it had already happened. But like every time she puts herself in the middle of some shit, everything goes awry. Like nothing pans out. And I'm just like, why can't you just sit your ass down somewhere? Yeah. You knew what you were getting into when you came back. Oh, she irritates <laughs> me sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'll be wanting to slap the shit out of her. <laughs> I, yeah. I know she was studying to
2: be a surgeon and shit, but like maybe do a little bit of history study during those twenty years you're back in the twentieth century too. <laughs> I have to help him.
1: And you know what? Let's be honest, he probably would have died because you know what impaled
0: him? A rusty hook. A rusty hook. Oh. You yeah. had no tetanus shot to give him. He yeah, was, was gonna probably gonna die anyway.
2: You're right. That sounds super crass coming out of my mouth, but for real. So who was it? Ulysses Ulysses said to Claire, let his soul. Like
1: it's more important that his soul be saved at this point. And then someone else said it too, right? Jamie, someone else said it too. Jamie said it.
0: I think the other thing that I don't understand too is like, so Claire prepped herself to go back. So she read all this shit about Scotland after Culloden. So she was prepared to live there. And then she's mm-hmm. like, oh shit, I don't know anything about North Carolina because I didn't care about the States while I was studying to go back to the past to Scotland. Well, bitch, you lived there for 20 years. You you didn't, you didn't tell me that you didn't run across any information. Let's just start with the fact that you were living during the civil rights era. So like you knew about all the struggles before then. So for you to come in and be like, I'm gonna save this slave kid from this rusty pick through him and think that there was no re- repercussions to that is mind blowing to me. She seems so appalled and she was mad at Jocasta again. And Jocasta's like, I don't have any former knowledge of the future, bitch. This is how shit works here. You right. cut this man's ear off. <laughs> right. He's getting hung regardless of what you do. It does not matter if he doesn't need a tetanus shot. Now you have fucked him up even worse because he's not going to convalesce. He's going to get up off that bed mm-hmm. and get hung or whatever the case is. So you made it worse for him. And you and brought then, more
1: people into it.
0: Exactly. Now all these slaves right. are like, shit. I, exactly. That's why
2: Ulysses was pissed because he was like, what are you doing? There was no way that Claire alone or Claire with Jamie. They were never gonna be able to change what was still going to be the next hundred years of slavery in the United States when it became the United States. How could you think that after what happened at Culloden, your failure to change the future, how could you think that you were gonna change the community, even the the small community near River Run that you were in? And you were gonna change You're the minds the heart. of those people. That's not going to happen.
1: So this brings me, let me let me say this. So when Aunt Jo Costa, us, she said, I have 152 slaves, right? I was like, you know what? I have no idea what that means. I'm going to look up what that meant in the South and what the 1760s, the late 1760s. Is that mm-hmm. about right? About right. So let's see, in 1750 in North Carolina, there were 19,800 slaves and then 53,184 people from Europe. Colonists. Colonists. Yes. Thank you. So I don't know if I wrote it down. No, I didn't, but it was crazy. It was like from 1710 to 1790, it went from like a few hundred slaves to, I want to say like 70,000 slaves. Thousand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's just seventeen sixty forty one thousand. 1760, 41,000.
0: Yeah. So by the times the, the civil war happened, it was over almost half a million.
1: So Claire having lived in Boston for that amount of time, right. Almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. Who the hell does she think she is? Yeah. You went to medical school. You became a surgeon. Like what kind of, how, how do you feel about yourself? Do you think you're this, like I said, you're playing God, you think you're gonna change this? Like you know that this was a huge, huge
0: undertaking yeah. in
1: American mm-hmm. history. You're not gonna do that. You couldn't change a war. Why do you think you're gonna change this,
0: girl? I don't. Know. I just Galas would have been my prime number one. This shit cannot change. Galas studied. She did her homework. Went back. Yeah. Tried to change some right. shit. Did not work. Everything that she tried did not work. Even when she was like, well, fuck it, I'm gonna go back to my time and I'm gonna go figure out some shit and then I'm gonna come back again. Cause she's like, I can still try again. You know what I mean? Gayless came fully prepared and couldn't change shit. What makes you think you're unprepared ass? Because I'm again still shocked (laughs) that as smart as this woman is, the fact that you were able to travel to the past and you knew you were going back, I would have had some PTSD. I'm like, okay, you know what? The last time I tried this shit. I got almost got all of us killed. So I'm not doing that again.
2: She did not learn her lesson Mm-mm. from Culloden.
0: I think a lot of people are probably going to get mad about how I dig on Claire. But I, <laughs> I'm talking in what ifs, right? These are not like absolute. But I, I would say that if it's a showism, it's a gameism, whatever you want to call it. However, if I had to suspend reality for a second, I'd still ask these questions. Who knew when you went back, especially during the time period you went back, you were going to run into some shit. You could, you should mm-hmm. have reconciled that with yourself before you stepped through those stones. Because I will tell you, if I were Claire, not Ivy, if I were Claire, I would have done that. I would have been like, all right, cool. So this didn't work last time. So maybe if I do, she's trying to change the world. I'm just trying to change the outcome of my family. I just want to mm-hmm. make sure that my lineage is straight whenever whoever gets and that's the other part too. And I I want to just get off my soapbox about Claire. If Claire's in the past and Bree's in the future, how does that lineage work? Cuz there's no one to have her. Well, She's already been had. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no one to birth her. She's already been birthed. So like anything that she does won't change what Bree's going through cuz it's already happening. You get what I'm saying?
2: No, you kind of like lost that. me a little bit. The big okay. moments. Like the big things
1: in history, there's nothing that she can do that's going to change the big pieces of history.
0: What Brie is going through, because Brie's already in the future, like things have already happened. Like all these things have already happened. So like, why would, like, there's nothing that you can change like slavery.
2: So why are you taking the big swings?
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: You're not going to change that because obviously you and Brie lived through that already.
0: Exactly. And I'm sure somebody has figured out the timetable. You made me think of another thing along those
2: lines, but on a much smaller scale, too. If Claire hadn't been there at River Run at all, and Rufus had still done what he did, I know people do things in the heat of passion, but I wonder what was going through Rufus's head when this white woman was suddenly trying to save him. I know he was delirious. I know he was in shock from the injuries. I get that. And people do things in the heat of passion. But, dude, you cut the ear off a white man in the 1760s in North Carolina and you're a slave. Did he ever, for a moment, from the moment he woke up in her bed resting, did he ever think that there was going to be any way out of it for him? I mean, he may have kind of resigned his soul to the inevitable when he was in the... That's probably why he woke up and was like, where the fuck am I at? Yeah, like... (laughs) Am I in heaven? Yeah, am I dead? He was probably like Jamie on and Battlefield. Like, am I dead?
0: Is this heaven?
2: Yeah. Am I in heaven?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And like, he's in this big bed and this white woman's tending him. He probably thought he was in heaven. I know. Like,
2: I don't want to get into a big philosophical debate and down a deep rabbit hole or anything, but it did make me curious. Like, yeah, once you swing out and cut off a white man's ear, an overseer of slaves... You have to kind of know somewhere deep in the pit of your stomach, it's all over.
0: Yeah. I think he actually yep. even said that shit. Like, he already, he's like, I broke the law. Yeah, he did. He knew when he picked up whatever it was, he knew that he was dying. Like, he knew that was it. Like, he chose violence. So, right. I think that's why he was like, why the fuck am I laying in this bed? So,
2: like, who is Claire to play God in that situation?
0: girl? I don't know, but when yeah. I meet her, I'm going to wow. ask these questions. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> i
1: forgot to tell y'all the whole thing so 152 slaves yes so i looked that up and a large plantation was one of 50 plus slaves mm-hmm. so okay so she had, she had a large plantation yes she yeah. had a very large had to finish my
2: thought y'all don't think i'm crazy sorry <laughs>
1: no i just went went off like totally forgot to
2: you know circle back around you know, we never go off on tangents on this show. I mean, we're just very linear. We totally, yes, stay on topic. Very all logical the
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> and methodical about the things.
2: Yep, yeah, we're not emotional at all,
0: <laughs> Mm-mm, not at all. But I think to wrap this up, I want to talk about Young Ian's ass. Talking about he's a man of the world now. <laughs> Mm. he's like i am not going home i don't give a shit what you people say <laughs> don't wrap it up because i
1: have
2: some stuff too oh okay i will let you go there but i did not pay attention the first other few times that i watched this season how much they were foreshadowing ian and his interest in the indians and how they oh, yeah. were like how they were so comparable to the scots the mm-hmm. highlanders yeah, was like, yes Oof. Yeah, way over my head, and I caught it this time, and I was like, oh, duh, they were completely telegraphing that,
0: and I love it.
2: So now I'm going to watch the rest of season four and five and pay super close attention to those elements of it. Keep it in mind. Yeah. Yep. Back to what you were saying. Man of the world, not going home. Oh, okay.
1: So I'm going to bring my little info from me being in the medical world. So she mentions turpentine. I was like, you know, you always hear the word turpentine or turpentine or however you want to say. I was like, but what is it? And y'all might know what it is. That's fine. But it, did you know it comes from pine resin? So that's why they got it. So mm-hmm. she had a pine forest. So they used it as a water repellent, paint thinner, solvent, and lamp oil. But did you know they also used it a lot in medicinal ways to stop heavy mm-hmm. bleeding? And they used it. They would literally pour it in open wounds. To stop infection. They would also ingest it to stop infections inside. So then I went down the rabbit hole and I found, I think it was 1861 in Chicago, a man came up with Hamlin's wizard oil. It was a mixture. It had 50 to 70% alcohol, camphor, ammonia, chloroform, sassafras, cloves, and turpentine. It was used to treat, let me tell you this, pneumonia, cancer, diphtheria, headache, and hydrophobic issues.
0: Sounds like a party weekend. What
1: the hell?
0: So (laughs) that explains so much about us as human beings right now.
1: We literally were slowly (laughs)
0: killing ourselves. We have done some wild shit. You know what I mean? I know. Like they were giving cocaine out as cough syrup at one point.
1: (laughs) They were. We were
0: out here just doing the most. The good old days. I am surprised that we're still walking (laughs) upright at this point. We are absolutely wiling out as a species.
1: (laughs) So then I looked up. I know that Claire uses Laudanum a lot, but I had never actually looked up. Its ingredients are like how, you know, it's- Oh, opium. What it is. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, but it's only 10% of opium powder of is- mixed with ethanol okay. alcohol. Ugh. So it's it's very comparable to- So it's ever clear. Yes.
2: Ever clear and-
1: And,
0: and heroin. Oxy. Yes.
2: <laughs> no, morphine. Morphine and coding. There you go, morphine. So I just morphine and codeine and Everclear. Oh,
0: my. (laughs) (laughs) That's why they were having those crazy dreams and shit. I told you it sounds like a party weekend. Yes. They were like, man, I had the wildest dream last night. I'm like, yes, we gave you morphine, codeine, nicotine, uh, heroin, cocaine, oxy, mollies. Turpentine. (laughs) Chloroform. (laughs) Chloroform. Yeah, you probably surprised you time. woke up.
1: Shit. <laughs> that, I, had to, I had to tell you all those
2: things. I was just... They don't do that shit when they do reenactments.
0: mm I just don't understand Mm-mm. like how, as a species, we've lasted this long. Because we are out here just wiling out. They're like, you know what? Mix mm-hmm. all that shit together and see what happens. It'll cure something or they'll die. Either way, they're, <laughs> they're, they're not happens. suffering anymore. <laughs> the suffering <Okay>. has ended. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? I mean, really? (laughs) That's all they care about. They're like, are you suffering? No, bitch, I'm dead. That's the problem right now. As I'm I'm sitting
1: there telling my patient today, hey, you need to start taking Zyrtec. I really think that you have seasonal allergies. I'm watching this show and it's like, here's some codeine and morphine opium powder mixed with ethanol alcohol. Like, okay.
0: (laughs) I think we've come up in the world a little bit. We're like, you know what? You oh. may have pushed the envelope a little too far on that one. These There's my soapbox, I'm done. I'm excited for Ian because I know obviously what's happening. Yeah. But like in that moment when he was like, A man writes his own letters to his mama. Mm-hmm.
2: You pay a lot more attention going forward through this season and all the way through season six and, and his ways and his storyline. Yeah. I love that about this show that you can still, not only the books, but the show, you can catch new things. You start not just having it on in the background, but paying attention to the little bits. And then you can rewatch a whole season just specifically for the little part that you want to focus on. Right.
1: Yeah, of course. Spectacular. So, I almost texted you, Ivy, when this show ended I was like, what the hell did you just make me watch? Now I'm like so depressed. I'm sorry. I think it's a good thing that we did it. I think that what you said when we opened this podcast episode that you cannot skip this. You can, you can't, I mean, you can't ignore it. I think the fact that we dove head in and talked about it head first, sorry. Um, but it doesn't make it any less depressing.
0: Oh, yeah. This was a very, like, emotionally powerful and thought-provoking episode. And, of course, like I said, we'll try to find some levity in it because life sucks. You got to find something to laugh about. But, as I said before, if you didn't feel anything when all of those men got slaughtered on the and Phil, this shouldn't bother you.
1: <laughs> Bam.
0: I mean, it really shouldn't, you know what I mean? Like,
2: that's, yeah. I mean, it's... And if you did feel something, I mean, there's always whiskey.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: And if you didn't, you're a psychopath. Like, <laughs> Bonnet.
0: For real. Hey, let me tell you something. Speaking of Bonnet, I'm gonna leave this shit alone, right? Ed Spielers, is that his, how you say his name? Spielers? Spellers? Spelliers. I
1: don't know how to say Spilliers. it.
0: I don't know how to say it. He plays the best freaking psycho. Have you People watched do. you? Yes. Season yeah. four or season five? I am in the no, middle. Don't spoil
2: it. Okay. Oh, I'm not. I haven't even watched it No spoilers. It
0: I've only seen little snippets. And that man- I'm on episode three of season four. Plays of you the best sociopath psycho ever. Yes, just like he did for Outlander. And I wonder if like he's getting sick of being typecasted as the villain because he plays one so well. I imagine that he probably plays other parts well too, (laughs) because he was in like Downton Abbey, wasn't he? He was like the driver. He was, and he's in the
2: new season
0: of Picard. He plays the next, but. Huh? The next, the
2: next generation of the next generation.
0: Well, unfortunately <laughs> for him, he will always be Stephen Bonnet, mm-hmm. and I will always hate, but yet love him because fuck Stephen Bonnet. But fuck he's very
1: attractive.
0: Ed Spielers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's a
2: sexy specimen. I love him. I do. I do. Can't argue. All right. Well, that was fun, ladies. Well, more cheerful things are to come. More cheerful things next week. We'll make y'all laugh more. <laughs> Yes, so yes. I. I want to combine 405 and 406 because I think that we can pull that off in one episode. Okay. Let's do it.
0: I I'm here I'm for excited it. For that.
2: And. Okay. That was Excellent. Well, so we will see you here. <laughs> <laughs> we love y'all. Thanks for deep diving with us this week. <laughs> Bye. Thank you all for listening. You can find us, follow and message us on Instagram at Outlander with Friends, and we love to hear from you. We're now available on all major podcast apps, and if you leave us a great rating, it helps more people find us. Listen next week for more TMI. Don't say we didn't warn you.